justice for the blind just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my what's up what's up what's up guys this is friday still thank god it's friday i will not do the family matters breakdown again this episode uh it is a bonus episode episode 14 i think talking about uh the other day mavericks played the New Orleans Pelicans. <clears throat> Listen, it's a bonus episode. There great things have come out of bonus episodes. Let's not forget that uh, Jay on Blueprint had "Mama Loves Me" as a bonus episode, and I'm not saying—I mean, bonus as a bonus track. And I'm not saying this is going to be as great as "Mama Loves Me" and the subsequent songs after that, but it's—it's it's almost just as good. Um, which was fun. I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine. I, I don't think a lot of us knew. Uh, th- this is this has nothing to do with the game, but I want to just share this story with you. A little piece of me, a little piece of Brian. Um, this Jay Z used to do this thing where uh, his bonus songs were never numbered, uh, and they were mysteries. They didn't even say it on the on the CD title. So unless you let the last song play, you wouldn't hear the bonus songs. I think one night this is when I used to fall asleep listening to rap a lot. If you could believe that. Um, and I, I just like, I was like, Hey, I woke up like, what is this that I'm hearing now? This isn't the normal. I don't even know how I would have heard it. I was probably half asleep and I was like, wait a minute, what is this shit? Uh, and that's how I I discovered mama loves me. And, uh, uh, what was the one, the workout? So whatever, it doesn't matter. So yeah, so bonus track, bonus episode talking about Mavericks. Pelicans. If you didn't watch this game, uh, this was Wednesday night was, uh, an incredible game. Um, what a fun game to watch. Uh, the Mavericks win this game in overtime um, at pretty much off of Luka just... Well, you know what? Not just off of Luka. I mean, Luka obviously is the face of this franchise, but KP, who people were kind of slowly putting dirt, like trickling dirt on top of his coffin possibly, uh, and he busted that mother- out of that motherfucker like... Uh, like Undertaker uh, in some casket match from some yeah he's still maybe doing casket matches I don't know I'm not cool enough to follow wrestling anymore um, so Mavericks won 127-123 in overtime um, really the the goes into overtime in just a not like not a good way honestly it it really this game should, probably should not have gone gone gone, uh, gone into overtime but. Uh, it does. Uh, Doncic uh, has 22 triple doubles for his career. Uh, just a, a little side note: in two seasons, uh, he, listen. If you haven't watched Luca, um, he is the real deal. And there were people last year that were. I saw people comparing him to Tyreek Evans last year, just just purely off the numbers, because Tyreek was the last rookie to average 25 and five in a season. And before Tyreek, the last one, I think was MJ or something like that. So people were like, oh, you know, Tyreek's going to be great. And then Tyreek was not great. It fell apart for him. So people were really trying to cast that uh, onto Luka, who then decided this year he'd come out averaging 29, 8, and 7. Um, And the Luka fire has died down, mostly because of of some injury concerns. His uh, he hurt his ankle a couple times this year, uh, which, you know, it sucks. It, that makes you wonder if he maybe came down, came back too soon after the first ankle injury. You know, once you roll your ankle, if you come back, you start playing basketball a little bit too soon, you're bound to roll it again. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. And then K- KP, KP, this is really interesting. I mean, he was not looking right in the beginning of the season. Uh, and I had watched a few Mavericks games. 
Um, I had watched a few Mavericks games earlier this year, and I remember thinking, like, if this is the KP they have, then they don't stand a chance. Um, and we'll we'll talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. and this trade. The, the trade, obviously, the Knicks are just a shit franchise. I mean, this is just a... They, they are just the worst franchise, arguably the worst franchise in sports. You could really make that argument about the Knicks. They trade Chris Stapps for a litany of crap, essentially. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and other stuff. Dennis Smith Jr. It doesn't really even play consistently for them. Um, just following the long line of shitty New York Knicks point guards. You know what I mean? They've just never had a good... Point guard, pretty much. Like the best point guard in the last 15 years was like Raymond Felton or the, the 30 Lynn Sanity games. Um, so, you know, just, just following that. And it just a terrible trade for them. They trade Tim Hardaway Jr. And we're going to talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. But ultimately, turns out to be a nice trade for the Mavericks uh, with KP. I mean, with Przingis continuing to evolve. Um, Chris Stapps is like a cross between... Uh, you know, I've said before that he's like Larry, um, that he's the closest thing to Larry that we've had. And I actually want to take that back because Larry never really handled the ball this much. The And this is going to sound crazy, but you got to hear me out. The closest thing to Larry Bird we have is Joker. Um, and it's because of the lack of athletic, but even though Larry being a bad athlete is a little overrated, I mean, you can, you'll find plays of dunking on people, put back dunks and doing crazy shit athletically, but it's more of the fact that they think the game more than they act the game. And the thinking is what allows them to, to, uh, to be so successful. You know what I mean? They're thinking everything ahead of you, uh, touch passes and all that. It just, it just, I think Joker might be closer to Larry. Uh, Luca is a cross between is like a cross between Larry and James Harden, I would say. You know what I mean? Which is a crazy uh, crossover, but it's kind of really true. I mean, he handles the ball a lot. He's willing to give up the ball more than James Harden is, uh, and he actually moves on offense. But he handles the ball a lot. So, um, I mean, they run their entire offense through him. Uh, so yeah. So I mean, you know. Uh, and so, so with that said, K- KP was definitely uh, being buried. Now, what happened was Luka gets injured, uh, and KP really steps up. You know, he steps up the Knicks. Uh, I mean, he steps up the Mavericks. Win a few games, looking good. I mean, they they look good. Then Chris Apps gets hurt, uh, and Luka comes back, and then it's like this weird toggle between each of them getting hurt or whatever. And whatever happened over the last few weeks, KP. Uh, you know, was injured, was resting a bit, whatever. He's back. I think he came back uh, last week. And since then, I mean, he wins player of the week last week. He's at, he was averaged like, average like 35 a game last week, like 35 and 12, rebounding at a high number. And no difference on Friday. On Friday, I mean, I'm sorry, on Friday. On Wednesday. On Wednesday, he finishes. Let's, let me take a look at his stats. He finishes with a 34, uh, 34 points. Uh, 12 rebounds, three assists, and five blocks. Um, the 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 blocks are the thing I want to talk about the most because he was looking. I I don't know. Maybe it was because he listen. I understand he took a year off. All right, he had a year off of not playing basketball, uh, and you know it, it it showed. Right, Let, let's just say that it showed. I think sometimes we get accustomed, and, and really Adrian Peterson is the one who changed the outlook 
on players coming back from injury because prior to him and really kind of after him, you just don't see guys come back and hit the ground running like Adrian Peterson did. Um, now, Adrian Peterson has a big ass head. So that makes me wonder if he, you know, may take some sort of uh, PED. I don't know. He's never been busted for it as far as I remember. Uh, but, you know, he comes back and hits the ground running. And we kind of started thinking that every athlete could do that. There's some other examples, too. So um, I think when guys look rusty when they come back off an of injury, we've stopped looking at that as any reason to why they should be rusty. So I think that happened to to Chris Stapson. And listen, uh, uh, I am in that boat of of that, you know, idiocy because I thought the same thing about him watching him earlier this year. Now, after this little layoff, this, these few weeks or whatever, um, the biggest takeaway I have about him was how active he looked defensively. This is the Chris Stapps we remember from the Knicks. Um, not soft, super defensive, like a, a defensive uh, causes havoc around the rim. Uh, he's not the defensive player that AD is and that AD can move laterally uh, so quickly. Like a, AD is like a, he's like an albatross, you know what I mean? And not in a bad way, an albatross in the massive wingspan way where any passes that are kind of around him, almost like Kawhi too, where passes around him can get tipped and deflected and stolen. Uh, Chris Stapps is more like you can pass around me, but if you come near the rim, I'm going to block, I'm going to block this shit. Um, and you know, he was active early in the game against the Pelicans. Now, uh, with that said, credit to Maxi Kleber, Kleber, Clay, I, Maxi, credit to Maxi, my man, Maxi, the Maxi pad protecting, stopping the bleeding as you will. Now that is a high level, <laughs> disgusting joke. Anyway, um, shout out to Maxi because Maxi is really the reason why Zion has a quote unquote bad game for Zion. Zion finishes, uh, I believe he finished nine of 18. Let me take a look at his numbers. Yeah. Nine of 18 had 21 points. Um, three for five, didn't even get to the line much, only six rebounds, three assists, had a rough game for him. Um, and, and why is it a rough game for him? Well, let's talk about how, remember last week I mentioned how Zion's like MO is like, oh yeah, he finished 10 for 12 last night, you know? So shooting five, 50% for him is is not a good game. And that had everything to do with Maxi. Um, Maxi really just, just listen, Maxi's a strong dude. He's a tough dude. I've been defending at an NBA level for a while now. He's like a good, very good defender. He cares about defense. Uh, so Zion has some problems, uh, just bowling into him and getting over him. Now with that said, the Pelicans had played, this was their third game in four nights, uh, which was supposed to be really eliminated, but it, it wasn't. So they had, they were coming off a back to back. Uh, and that back-to-back started off of a, off of a short rest. You know what I mean? So, uh, and he hasn't been playing. He looks out of shape, and I don't mean out of shape in terms of he looks fat. Because I'm not doing that shit. We're not fat shaming on this pad- podcast. Your boy is fat. All right, here I am talking this shit for all the fat people in the country. All right, we're not gonna do that because I will trash you on a basketball court. Any one of you who's listening. Um, and with that said, Zion. Just looks out of shape in terms of his legs don't look like they're completely under him uh, on certain nights. He looks uh, gassed, you know what I mean? And no difference here. There was one at one point in the second quarter, he like kind of, you know, th- this is also because he has that weird gait where it looks like he just hurts when he walks. Uh, 
He walked off the court, and I wondered if he was injured. He, he he went up and down the court a few plays. It just looked like he was injured. Turned out he was just gassed. Um, just that gassed, like that exhausted. Worse than Embiid on his worst day. Now, that says a lot because Joel, when he looks tired, looks like he's going to have a cool— Like, he's just—there's a, a myocardial infarction, which is another word for a heart attack, about to happen on his ass. And Zion looked worse than that. He looked like he was going into some sort of diabetic shock. Um, so, you know, and, and that was because Maxi was working his ass up and down the court on defense, you know what I mean? Really making it tough for him. Uh, and then KP added that, that rim protection, but no doubt. I mean, K, but, and then on top of that, KP's a shooter, you know what I mean? My, my, he's a shooter, obviously shooter shoot. Uh, but that's not really where he does his damage in this game. He finished three for nine from three. Um, where he did his damage was, you know, obviously those, those pick and pops mid range jump shots are money for him. He's just so tall and so long. It's no different than watching KG shoot that 15, 17 footer that nobody can guard. No one can get into that airspace. And it doesn't matter. It's money for him. All right. Um, but what I was happier to see from KP, which we haven't been seeing now, also understand he, he was 14 from 28. That's a lot of shots. Um, surprisingly, he shot a lot of shots. I did not realize he shot that many shots. Still went 50%, though, scored 34. So for a center, that's usually pretty good value. I mean, I think you probably want to see that closer to 14 of 24 uh, for him. Uh, but, you know, was three for nine from three, shot a lot of threes. He shot one from, from almost half court uh, from the same spot that, that, that LeBron took it for, against us. Um, but, but showed a little more uh, post-efficiency. If you follow KP at all during his career, which I, I'm going to be honest, I did not realize this about KP. And I I don't know how I, maybe I just wasn't paying attention enough to the Knicks. He's not a good post player. Uh, he struggles posting up smaller guys. And it's a thing about him. And actually the story was, uh, one of the stories coming out in, uh, after training camp was that he was working on his post up. And the reason was was because guys like Marcus Smart, I think he singled out Marcus Smart. Listen, KP is like two times the size. Like Marcus is like six feet tall and KP is like 12 and a half feet tall. Like no lie. Um, no lie sold on this podcast. So, you know, that he can't post up Marcus Smart. He can't even do a turnaround fadeaway on him. I understand you can't move Marcus. Marcus Smart is like a small boulder. You know what I mean? That's stuck in the ground. Imagine trying to kick a boulder, right? You'd break your fucking foot on that. Like you're not going to, a boat, like he has the, his Marcus Smart has the density of like, of like a volcano within the shape of a marble. You know what I mean? It's the smallest, it's, this is a scientific fact that the, the largest amount of mass to the smallest amount of diameter uh, in the world exist within Marcus Smart. So I can understand how you can't move him, but goddamn, you can spin off him and hit a fadeaway. Um, but whatever, has trouble posting players up, looked a little bit better uh, against the Pelicans in, in this matchup, uh, in his matchups, um, w- was matched up against a few different guys, matched up a couple times. Uh, oh, and actually one thing I do want to point out too um, they have Maxi listed as the center, and I think that's probably a mistake because in reality, when before Dwight Powell got injured, he was playing center a lot. And Dwight Powell was playing the, the rim runner for them, you know, would pick and roll, roll to the rim, uh, and had Przingis off to the, the 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 corners or whatever popping. Well, they've switched it kind of. They put Maxi. Maxi really plays the power forward, even though they have him listed as center here. He's playing the power forward, and KP was really the one guarding Derek Favors and was the one patrolling the rim while Maxi was really guarding their power forward Zion. So um, they while they have it listed that way, th- this game at least 
piece it wasn't true. Uh, and I think they have KP playing center really, tr truly most of the time. So he's rolling to the rim. He's screening and rolling, screening and popping. And it's devastating. You know what I mean? He's devastating. He looks good. He looks bouncier than he's looked earlier in this season. Um, Luca's going to Luca 40 minutes, 30 points, uh, went nine for 20. Luca, Luca's efficiency is definitely taking a dip this year. He went four for 11 for three, which actually isn't bad for him. If you were paying attention earlier in the year, even when we were talking about MVP buzz, his three point shooting, his percentage was down. Now, some of that's a little misleading because Luca shoots like crazy three pointers. It's never a spot up three pointer. Everything is a step back three pointer. So, um, you know, it's a little misleading, but still, uh, let's see here. So, so yeah, finished with 30 points, 17 rebounds. My man, now seven, seven turnovers. That's not great oh, to 10 assists. Um, but you know, a lot of missed, there was a lot of missed open shots here. And, and there was an argument that you, you could have made the argument watching this game that the Mavericks should have won by more. Um, so some of those assist numbers are a little misleading. One offensive rebound. And let me tell you something. This offensive rebound happens at the biggest point of the game. All right. This is the biggest point of the game to get his team another shot. Uh, it ends up going into overtime, right? That's the play. I, I'm not mistaken. Uh, he, 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 he puts Drew on the skates. I mean, hits him with so many hesitations. I hesitated to pause the video um, and then drives to the lane. Um, Zion comes for blood. Zion crashes like he's looking for blood. I mean, he wants to spike this basketball. He wants to, he, he essentially wants to hit the ball so hard that the ball molds around his hand and stays that way. There's just no more basketball. All is left is Zion's hand. Uh, but, but, but Luca immediately passes it off to the corner, uh, missed three point attempt. Um, they lost Dorian Finney-Smith in the first half. Uh, actually, I think they lost him in the first quarter. He got hurt. I forgot how he got injured. I'm not exactly sure. They lost him early. Uh, and Dorian Finney-Smith is a good player. He's one of their main defenders. He's the guy that they use to defend the other team's best players. Very good defender, good three-point shooter uh, in, in spot-up situations. Uh, but they bounced back. Listen, Tim Hardaway Jr., man, let's give credit to Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway, the junior of the Tim Hardaway senior. Tim Hardaway currently leading the pack of juniors for players in past eras. Glenn Robinson currently uh, at the end of the pack is the trashes. Even Fred Van Vliet's son, Fred Van Vliet Jr., is better than Tim Hardaway the third right now. Um, even though I don't know if that's Fred's son's name. But anyway, Tim Hardaway Jr., I really, really, really thought Tim Hardaway was like a poor man Zach Levine. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, this guy just is, he'll score points for bad teams. That's all he's going to be for his career. Since he's come to the Mavericks, has really, really shown a propensity to win. When Cape, when, when, uh, when Luca went down, and I know we're spending a lot of time talking about Mavericks, but it's just, you know, we're going to, I'm going to try to spend the same amount of time talking about the Pelicans too. But when Luca went down, it was Tim who really kept them afloat. I mean, Tim lit us up, if you don't remember earlier this year. Tim keeps them afloat while Luca's down. It's Tim and, and KP. Tim has become a spectacular addition. He he had he leads the league in corner in the in the left corner, uh, three point percentage, uh, and and consequently, Seth Curry scores twenty one last night. We mentioned him on the podcast the other day uh, that he's playing really well. Well, he leads the league in that in that same side. That um that elbow three pointer, and that is exactly the lineup that ends up kind of doing in the Pelicans a, certain, a few certain times. Rick Carlisle marches in Seth Curry 
along with Luca to turn him into a spot up shooter. And guess what, man? That they they when, when they space the floor, right? When they go quote unquote small, because Dorian Finney Smith is kind of like a tweener, especially in today's NBA. He's a power forward, really. You know what I mean? So if they when they go in and they space the floor, and mind you, Maxi can shoot too. But if they decide to go dynamic and say, all right, KP, you're the five, Dorian, you're the four, Tim Hardaway be the two, Luca the three, Seth the one. I mean, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of ways. There's a reason why this this Mavericks team, if you don't know, leads the league in offense. They are the number one offense in the NBA. And it's because they have a genius coach of Rick Carlisle. They have a genius, genius basketball player in Luca. Uh, and then they got efficient offensive players. KP, a difference maker defensively. Um, DeLon Wright, another good addition that th- that they that they traded for last year. Uh, like DeLon Wright a lot, man. Just does a lot of different things. Um, yeah, good team. Just a good team. Now, let's take a look at the Pelicans. So the Pelicans, um, you know, listen, it, it's kind of a rough situation, a rough game for the Pelicans. They, they just are missing something. And you know what? What they're missing, I guess you would, I guess you could argue what they're missing. They're missing some bench help. Uh, not a lot of bench help, even though I do like Frank Jackson. Uh, but they kind of go seven deep. Niccolo Melli. Uh, so Melly hits the the, the game tying three pointer that sends it into overtime. Up until that point, he was 0 for nine, um, and I actually at one point made this joke, and this is a dark joke. Understand, this is dark humor. If you don't like dark humor, just fast forward like 20 seconds or something. I made the joke that Nicolo Melly was really the YNW Melly. He was really playing that role where he was just killing his friends, uh, and. <laughs> Oh, man, it's not a funny joke. It's a funny joke, but it's not. If you know the story, Google the story. I won't talk about it. Google the story. Uh, YNW Melly, uh, Murder on My Mind. Fantastic song with a dark, dark story. Uh, like much art, honestly. Like a lot of art that has ever taken place. Uh, fantastic art has dark stories behind it, typically. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it was just really killing them uh, for a while. Zion, like I said, finished with 21. I mean, he he's averaging seven rebounds a game. So the other one, I want to make a correction because the other day I said that his rebound numbers should be up there and I didn't think they were. And they are, but it just doesn't, in my in my mind, doesn't seem like he's rebounding enough. Um, but so be it, you know, finish with seven, six rebounds. I, w- I, I need to see, see Zion have Blake Griffin numbers. All right, if you remember Blake, Blake was a 2010 guy every night. I need to see Zion grabbing rebounds at that level. Not to even nitpick, Zion is, an, is a monster. This man is an animal. Uh, his ability to launch. I, there was one play where on a fast break, he does a spin. Maxi tries to eat a, um, tries to take a charge and falls. And this happens right below the, the semicircle, below the free throw line. And he spins and it's, like I'm like okay cool Zion's probably float this in here real quick and Zion just continue, he just elevates and keeps elevating until he dunks it and I fucking couldn't believe it it's it's a dunk that like if you it's a type of dunk that if you watch the NBA if you watch basketball enough it's impressive because you can't just understand how he comes to a stop and then elevates from that far and dunks it um uh and and also I mentioned the other night their guard play now listen Lonzo and Drew played well. Lonzo's not going to go 7-11 for three. Uh, he also took a really, really bad three-pointer at one point that airballed uh, that the refs call should have been a shot clock violation that Derek Favors catches kind of in the meat of the game. Uh, it's like ends up like a big play. Um, 
and, and Lonzo just airballs it. Uh, but his he he I did say before when it gets deeper, when it gets tighter, his three point shot kind of reverts in between. Uh, watching this game though uh, against the Mavericks really looked more steady. Uh, his three point shot just looked steady, looked more consistent. Um, finished with twenty five points, eleven rebounds, six assists, um, two steals, one block. Just just definitely was a menace. Lonzo. I like Lonzo a lot. I really hope that he continues to improve because um, I like him a lot. Nine for 19. Would like to see that number a little bit better. Drew Holiday finishes eight for 19. Uh, and you could argue that that's the difference here uh, because all of their other guys really, really shoot, end up shooting a pretty high percentage. Brandon Ingram uh, goes 11 for 22, 50% from the field, 37% from three. That's pretty much your league average. Has three turnovers. You'd want to see better. Uh, handles the ball a good amount, though. So I uh, would definitely want to see better. He ends up fouling out at one point, but. Um, but finished with 27 points. Essentially, at towards the end of the game, it was Brandon Ingram going against Luka. Um, they're just trading baskets against each other. But their bench, just the, the difference is bench bench play. Whereas Seth Curry alone's out, out, out. I'm sorry, Seth Curry alone outscores the Pelicans bench. The Pelicans don't get a whole lot from Josh Hart. Uh, finishes a minus 16. Doesn't play a lot. And ends up only playing 13 minutes. Is one for six. And I like Josh Hart a lot too. But just two points, one of six um, from the field. Nicolo, uh, Nicolo Melli, maybe it's Nicolo. Uh, whatever. Nicolo goes one for nine. Again, I mentioned that. That's two for 15 right there from two guys that they expect more out of from their bench. Etwan Moore doesn't offer a whole lot. Frank Jackson, who I do like, uh, that dude is a speedster. He ends up really being their only bench help. Finished with 12 points, four for seven. Uh, but, you you know, in a game like this, and again, they go into overtime with this dearth of bench help. They end up going into overtime. And really the difference comes comes into the efficiency of scoring between both teams. Um, not that not that Tim Hardaway was super efficient. I think he finished 5 for 15. Um, let me take a look. He finishes 5 for 15. Yeah, 5 for 15 for 18 points. 4 for 9 from 3, though, and 4 for 4 from the free throw line. So so gets to the line a few times, uh, makes it look more efficient than it is. Uh, Maxi doesn't play a good game. 2 for 8, but you can live with that. 7 for seven for 23. You know what I mean? That's that's from guys who, who aren't your, your volume players. And then it just is just just the, the difference is the bench and the efficiency of scoring. Um, Ultimately, ultimately does the Pelicans in. Uh, let me take a look here. The 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 Mavericks finished twenty two of fifty from the from three. Wow, <laughs> take fifty three pointers. What a different time. Fifty three pointers are forty four percent, forty six percent from the field. Uh, the Pelicans overall forty three percent from the field, thirty seven percent from three. Um, just just efficiency, a difference in efficiency here. Uh, I would argue a difference in coaching. The Pelicans do like to play very, very, very fast. Um, and sometimes when you're playing fast with guys who aren't necessarily um, who, who aren't necessarily uh, uh, consistent, you know, you're going to get a lot of crazy shots. I mean, look at this. Look at this difference here. So the Pelicans, 50 for 114. So they shot 114 times, 44%, 43.9%. Come over to the to the Dallas. They shoot twenty less shots, three percent better, forty six percent. They finish from the field, and that's the difference right there. Um, Pelicans shoot a lot. Understand, Alvin Gentry is from I don't know where he started his coaching career, but most famously, the first time I remember Alvin Gentry is as an assistant coach on the Suns when um, 
when when uh, seven seconds, the seven seconds or less offense, when Mike D'Antoni was coaching down there, he was an assistant coach and ended up taking over for Mike D'Antoni. So uh, plays at a very high pace, not super efficient. They end up losing a, a pretty tough game here, considering that they're fighting for for their playoff lives. You look at the the standings in the West right now, the Mavericks. And listen, a lot of guys, a lot of people aren't talking about the Mavericks. People forget again; they've been dealing with injuries. If they're going to be healthy down the stretch, I don't think there's a lot of teams. <laughs> look at this matchup. Look at this matchup here. The seven-two Clippers Mavericks. If the season ended today, Clippers Mavericks. You're telling me that the Clippers? I think the Clippers would win that game. They just throttled the Rockets, which we, we, we can talk about later, but. Uh, you think the Clippers are like excited to see the Mavericks in the in the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, uh, that's a, a rough matchup there. They don't have a, a great matchup to stop KP. KP is going to be the difference. Would be the difference maker in that series. Obviously, you're going to throw your best defenders at Luca, but Luca has shown a propensity to score on anybody. Doesn't matter how good defense you play, he's smart enough to find a basket. Now it's a little bit different seeing playoff Kawhi though. Um, so, so, you know, you just got to keep that in mind there. You would think, I would tell you this, if the Nuggets end up getting into that two seed, which could happen, they're only a game back of the Clippers. Um, if the Nuggets got to that two seed right there, that would be upset material if the Mavericks stay at seven. I don't know if the Mavericks will stay at seven. We'll see currently the, okay, the, the, the thunder or the six seed. Uh, I mean, look, there's a lot of shifting that can happen. I mean, you look between the two seed and the seven seed is a five game separator. So anything could happen. Um, and then for the Pelicans, they're currently 12th. Um, they are three games out. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I'm sorry. They are five games out, um, with the, the trailblazers kind of in the inside track, everybody healthy on the trailblazers. I've been saying CJ McCollum hasn't looked the same and he's pretty much thrown that back in my face. He's been playing really well over the last, like the last month, I would say, uh, with Carmelo. Carmelo's been playing well too, man. I'm gl- glad he's on the team. Listen, this Carmelo was not the Carmelo that was on the Thunder. So understand that. All right. I just want to say that because there's a lot of people saying like, yeah, I told you so. Carmelo's back. He could play. And it's like, well, chill. Because this was not the Carmelo that was on the Thunder. You know what I mean? On the Thunder, he looked like he couldn't play anymore. Now he looks like he can play. I wonder why. Well, probably because he took a year and a half off uh, or however long he took off. So glad he looks good. Uh, the Kings obviously just lost to us. Spurs, uh, not 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 in a great situation. If we look at the last ten, uh, Trailblazers are four and six in the last ten. Kings are six and four again. They're fighting. Spurs four and six. Pelicans five and five. Everyone below that is trash. Grizzlies are five and five though, and they're they're listen, man. The Grizzlies just just coming off of two blowouts. They're on a three game winning streak right now, uh, off of two blowouts. Grizzlies, man, without Jaron Jackson, mind you. So um, they they could hold on. It's going to be fun this last month to watch this race play out because they could definitely hold on to that. And you get to see the young Grizzlies versus the Lakers. That could be a – the Lakers are going to sweep that series, but it's going to be fun to watch. And, and listen, and the Lakers will probably sweep the Pelicans. But the fun, talking about it, would be worth it. You know, you get to see Brandon Ingram and Lonzo going back. They're going to be trying their ass off. Um, oh, one thing I do want to point out. Brandon Ingram is taking a step back as a defender. Uh, last year, especially, he definitely showed a propensity that, to, that he could cause havoc at times defensively. Uh, just quickness and long arms, reaching across the lane, causing issues. He's taking a step back. It looks like with his as his offensive volume went his offensive volume went up, uh, his defensive effort has gone down. So. Um, and that doesn't that doesn't go great for guys like me personally who was saying that Ingram was better than Ben earlier this year. I mean, he was. He was for the first half of the Ben. You could say for the first two thirds of the year, he was better than Ben. 
Um, but then Ben has just taken up to another level before his injury. He'd taken off to another level. I mean, Ben, before his injury, was looking like a top 15 guy. So, um, so yeah, uh, that's all I got for this game. was a great game, great drama. If you have League Pass, I would suggest go back. If you haven't watched it, go back. Watch that game. Fantastic game. Mavericks win. Uh, I will probably break down another game. Oh, Sunday, I believe. Clippers-Lakers. Let's see how good that game is. If it's a good game, I'll probably uh, do a pod breaking that game down, talking about it. Uh, otherwise, stay up. This will be your second episode for the weekend. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Uh, you won't hear from me again unless you follow me on Twitter. And then there, you'll probably block me or mute me because I'm annoying on Twitter or Instagram. You'll probably do it there, too, because I'm also equally as annoying on Instagram. Uh, it's just memes and selfies, if you know me. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, keep it real, everybody. Take care. Have a fantastic weekend. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind.